The Ryan and Rush Show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a home in North Central West Virginia, visit askvisionhomes.com. Vision Homes, building you a house you're proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to The Ryan and Rush Show, but don't take our word for it. Take Coach Nealon's. Hi, this is Coach Don Nealon, and you're watching The Ryan and Rush Show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you into another edition of the Ryan and Russ Show, your source for West Virginia sports. Last night, West Virginia basketball took on Kansas State here in the Coliseum. Josh Eilert playing his old team that he played for and worked for for a little bit. Started off with a great first half. West Virginia was in the lead at halftime, but things fell flat as they've been uh, this season. It's been hard for this West Virginia team to pull together two consistent halves, never mind a consistent game. Uh, Ryan, as your former employer and you being part of a m- multiple basketball staffs in your career as, as video coordinator, um, a manager, a grad manager, part of the basketball operations, where does a team like this go from here? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty low right now. There's no, there's no secret about it. You're five and 10 overall, you're and two in big 12 play for what the third year in a row now, last year we started Oh and five this year. Oh, and two, you, you got the schedule doesn't get any easier. You're playing for pride at this point and you're playing the spoiler role and you're, you're trying to find something. And you, uh, Raekwon talked about in his presser at the end, you got to, you got two months to figure things out and then you're, you're out, you're out of the at-large bid, so your season does come down to you have to win four games and, and four nights in Kansas City, which obviously is going to be almost impossible, but crazy things happen in March. But between now and then, they got to find an identity on the defensive end. They're, they're a soft basketball team right now, and I know Jesse Edwards was supposed to be the anchor at the back end, but that doesn't mean that guys – can just not guard the basketball, get straight line drive after straight line drive. They tried some hard hedges last night, but nobody's there to help and catch the roll man. So in result, they 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 get easy ones with layups and dunks. They're just not they're not a good disciplined defensive team right now. And I, I don't think it's that hard. I, I think this is a want to rather than just worried about getting up my shots and get my points and get out of there. Yeah, it's we talked about it. We knew this going into the season, right? That this was going to be more of a finesse team than an actual traditional Bob Huggins, West Virginia style of of, of play basketball team, which, which is which is fine. But you got to make shots, right? You got you got to yeah. prove that on the offensive floor. You can't you can't be giving up easy layups on the defensive end. Go up, shoot your first what you think's available shot, have it brick off, and then they go down and do the same thing over and over again over again. And that's why we keep finding ourselves in these holes. But obviously once kind of someone finds a hot hand, we can get ourselves back in these games. I think something very interesting from the game last night is obviously Raekwon had 18 points in the first half and then he disappeared in the second half. And you can kind of just, you could see it, right? Is you sometimes just see it when these, these mental blocks happen it, and you know, one miss turns into two, then turns into four. And next thing you know, you're just in a hole and everyone's just kind of hucking up shots. No one's really protecting on the defensive end. And and you kind of get the result that you do. And we know this is a capable team. It's not like this team's kind of laying down either. They're in this like weird in-between state where they're not getting together anything consistent. And then when they do, it's just enough to get back in the game, but then they don't keep going. They're like, oh, we're back in the game now. And then it's like, well, okay, that, I guess that was fun while it lasted. I do think this is obviously a different game 
um, with Jesse Edwards in there. I, I think you would agree with that. A couple of these past games probably would have been different games with Jesse Edwards in there. We were outsized by Kansas State last night, and it shows up in the rebound uh, line, uh, getting significantly out-rebound there. Um, I also thought, and I want to get to this in the later part of the show, we're not blame the refs, guys, but some ticky-tacky calls there from the refs. Obviously, you can't be in a situation where you leave it up to the refs to be there in the first place, but we'll we'll do a little vent session later in the episode about some of the Big 12 officiating. Uh, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts, Ryan. What was your impression? We talked about changing the starting five, but it was in a different way with JoJo and Pat starting. What were your thoughts on that? I thought it was fine. Um, I, I, me personally, I think I said I, I would prefer the backcourt. I would prefer Kobe in there with with two of the skill guys. And, and back to Raekwon, like you're talking about how he kind of hit a wall. That's because him and Noah, they're good players, but they have not played at this level yet in their career and being at the top of the scouting report. There's a reason this is the best league in America. There's a reason why over half the uh, teams in this league are in what the top 25 Kempom defensive rankings. It's an elite defensive league because the coaching is so elite. And so when Raekwon's the top of the sky report, you saw Houston, they said, you are not beating us today, buddy. So they second, third and fourth options got to beat us. We didn't do it last night. Same thing. We just got bailed out um, in the first half with, I think they fouled him on three straight uh, three point shots. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they got to find ways to share the basketball. You're talking about it. You hit the nail right on the head. They're not going to be a great defensive team, but they're not a good offensive team either right now because they don't share the ball. There's been teams in the past, you think of Fred Hoiberg's Iowa State teams. They were soft, but they shared the ball. They had good spacing. We just got a bunch of individuals out there, especially mm-hmm. in the guard position, that just want to get up as many shots as they can like it's open gym. They got. They can get those shots that they're attempting late in the shot clock, and I keep talking about it. Score early, score early, score late. Get get it in transition if you can get something easy. If not, pull it out, run some offense. We don't run any offense right now. We just we got guys that just are shot hunting, and that I mean the only way to really get the message across is the bench, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I'm with you. I, I was fine with Pat and JoJo starting. I think we're at a point yeah. now in this season where you're Josh is going to put guys out there that want to play and that are going to show yeah. toughness and going to show grind it out. And obviously Pat's one of those guys. I mean, it is sometimes it works great for him and sometimes he overdoes it as we talked about on the show and he's dropping balls and, and things like that. But obviously that's not where your main issues lie is. And we saw glimpses of it last night, Ryan, we were texting uh, at, at halftime. Uh, I was at the game last night is when this team makes that extra pass, which we saw there yes. for, for a little bit to get in this game. Great things happen, but then when all of a sudden you, hey, let's go back up, let's go back to that pickup style of of basketball when you have Quinn driving in there, and Quinn isn't the player that should be driving to the basket. I'm not saying he's not capable of doing that. I'm not saying he can't be set up for that. But when he's kind of just at the at the top and then going all the way in there, it's like we know it's coming. Like, and he did it three, four times. And I mean, this isn't just a Quinn. I mean, it's just stuff I'm noticing that makes it seem like that it's more you know, of a pickup game instead of looking, you know, making that extra pass out, swinging it back around, shooting that open shot because it works. The, the game plan of making that extra pass works. And, and like we said, we keep seeing glimpses of it, but the problem is it's the exception, not the rule. And we need the rule to start being consistent play. It's, 
it's there's a lot of I think there's a lot of mental games going on with this. I think it's what you talked about it is we're a very soft team right now. We need some mentally tougher guys out there that are willing to deal with adversity and, and step up. And one of our things going into the season, why we thought these guys were going to do so well is because of all the adversity that they're, they face off the court. And it's just at the point, well, the easiest part to, left is to play basketball. And it did start a little bit off that you know season, but then it just kind of just folded like almost like domino, uh, like the domino effects here. And now we're in a position because of how ridiculous the rules were to start the season with the NCA, you know, suspending Kerr, a cook going down, um, you know, Raekwon, all everything that went there is these guys are trying to mesh, but they're trying to mesh in the hardest conference in America. And it's, it's a, it, it comes across as a too little too late. Because I will say the difference between this year's team and last year's team, right? Even though, yes, we went 0-5 to start the Big 12 season, we did pretty well in the non-con, right? And, you know, it, it took a second to, to to mesh in the Big 12. This has just been kind of a consistent thing to start the season. And while it, it's definitely you're playing for pride at this point, you're, you know, weirder things have happened in March. We definitely agree. And there's still an opportunity for this you know, team to click and at least play the role of spoiler and get some wins in there. And I'm sure, you know, it's looking like most likely Josh will not be the guy next year, but Hey, you know, get, get him some wins is, is, is the head coach, right? Going back to that pride thing, but where it goes from here, I mean, you have Texas coming to town on Saturday. The thing about Texas is this isn't the Texas team that won the big 12 last year. This is definitely a softer mm-hmm. Texas team under Rodney Terry, not Chris Beard, where, you know, I know we keep saying games are winnable, winnable, which, which they are yesterday was a very winnable game, but it's, it's, Hey, like it, eventually you just got to go steal one. You got to take one and you got to do whatever it takes. I don't, it's coming to the points. Who cares how you play? Go play dirty. Go act like Dennis Rodman out there. At least act tough and be physical in the most physical conference in America. So time to turn it around. Yes. You know, in terms of March and, postseason yeah probably not it's that that's probably over but there's still it there's still pride on the line and that's something as west virginians we really look out for and we really respect is when guys just do it for the love of the game and i'm yeah. I, and I'm, obviously we're hoping to see that that turns around here yeah i don't think they're gonna quit i i think they are gonna figure it out at some point obviously it is too little too late from an at-large standpoint i there's no excuse that this shouldn't be a good offensive team they can make mm-hmm. shots from all five positions, except when Jesse's on the floor and Jesse's not available. Uh, part of the reason why I think Quinn is pressing so much right now is he's forcing some shots because he doesn't know if he's going to get the ball again. It, and it goes back to the guard dominant uh, ball uh, ball dominant guards that we have right now that just will not make the extra pass. And I mean, you look at you look at Kobe; he scores ten points on five shots because he doesn't force anything. He mm-hmm. just makes the easy, simple play. They they don't trust it that they're going to get the ball back right now. That's what I'm seeing. We throw it to one side, and then it's a let's settle for a Hail Mary three from Raekwon or, or Noah. And it, that's just not going to work at this level. They should be able to score on basically anybody in this league if they just run offense with, with the guys that they can penetrate, kick, penetrate, kick, and then you move the defense, and then you get these open, easy stepping shots. But – you're not scoring on the first and second sides against these teams. So mm-hmm. when when they do buy in, like you said, they are going to be a good offensive team. But until then, they're they're not. And they're just going to continue to, uh, what, Raekwon, 5 for 13, Noah, 2 for 9. That's not good enough. 
it, that's not good enough when you're it's attempting not. that many shots. Kobe, four for five. I mean, just by keeping the game simple. And uh, Pat did, kept it simple against Houston. You can score without uh, attempting t- 15 to 20 shots. So, yeah, I, I, I think that they will get it, like I said. But in, in the meantime, they, they got to buy in. That's simply is what it comes down to. You're playing for pride. And uh, there's a lot of season left. There's still 16 league games. It's it's a marathon, so a lot of time, like you said. Um, but yeah, they need to buy in. Yeah, I agree. It's very talent. I mean, very talented players in in Noah Raekwon. Like very, the talent is there. And and yeah. I mean, usually when you have teams that at least show the record that this shows, is it's just not a very talented team. It's just. We're trying to mesh at this point. We're trying to make up for lost time. We're trying to get Raekwon and Noah and all these guys, you know, comfortable in Big 12 play, but don't have the lead up to that. And I'm not necessarily making excuses for them, but there's also very logical reasons why this isn't working out. And I mean, you you make great points. I, I do agree. I think we need to start working Kobe back into the starting lineup, um, especially at least get some defense too out there as as well. So it's like I said, at least at least this ta- at least we don't have I mean we have Kansas right around the corner. I get that, but at least <laughs> there's kind of that one more game here at the Coliseum to just show, hey guys, this is possible. Cause right from a from a micro standpoint, right, like in the game, right? Sometimes you just need to see that shot go in. You see that one shot go in that leads to two, that leads to three, etc. Right. Sometimes you just need to win and fight and scrap out that game. And then that game kind of turns in, oh, like, oh, we won. You know, you get a little pressure off the back. You feel good. You know you're capable. And that turns into another one. That turns into another one. That turns into another one, too. So a, a lot to figure out here. But I think we both agree that we at least win or lose. We just want to see a tough, fundamentally sound. West Virginia-esque basketball team on the floor. And there's still time to do that. But for that to happen, these guys just, it, it has to be they have the to buy team in. mentality. You have to yeah. buy in. It has to be, hey, maybe this isn't a March team, but hey, we're, we're going to, we're not going to go, we're going to go away kicking and screaming. You're, you're going to have to take this from us too. So I do agree. There's, there's time to salvage a season. Um, but, but it's probably too little, too late in terms of March. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's other postseason tournaments too. So you got to keep fighting and you never know what's going to happen in those in Kansas city. It's, it's, a, it's, it's why they call it March madness. So you got it. You can't, you can't just lay down and, and get your tail kicked in and your teeth kicked in for 16 straight games. That, that does, you no good. And you're not, none of these guys will make money. I mean, there's still, a lot of these guys are playing for their next step. Nobody wants a guy that's sure. on an O and 18 big 12 team. So people want winners. So they, they need to winning helps get your next opportunity. Nobody cares if you score 20 points a game on an O and 18 team. So winning is the most important thing and they got to buy in. So we got uh, Timothy green in the chat again, this one to yes, you know, line up a little bit, Ryan, this, this one's for you, Ryan, not trying <laughs> to be a smart guy here, but have you ever seriously thought about coaching? I think you would make a damn good one. Have you ever thought about coaching Ryan? I did. Yeah. I, I, Tim, I, what was, happened? Uh, I was in the industry for 10 years. I, I got worn out of the portal and, uh, and the direction it was going. It was a good run. I went to a final four sweet 16. It was fun. So I like being on this side of things. Yeah, I can do, only you, imagine what it's what it's like in that building right now. Nobody likes yeah. to lose. No, it's not. And a lot of those guys, I mean, 
almost all of them are are friends and close yeah, friends of yep, the show come friends. on the show and and we love them and we want nothing yeah. but them for them to be successful and to win and i think part of the idea of right salvaging a season is hey maybe most of if not all these guys aren't here next year right but in a way you're playing for that next school or that next opportunity or that next level or that next job or whatever it may be so it, it sometimes goes to just beyond this season, but obviously we, we love those guys in there. We, you know, we, we want nothing but the best for them. We're going to call it like we see it. I mean, that's our jobs too, Ryan, as you know, um, but we really hope they, we really hope things work out the way they're meant to work out and, and everything ends up being for the best there. So all yep. that's all I'll say there. Uh, a couple things. BB's in the chat. Uh, let's see what BB has to say. We have talent in the front, but not in the back. And the Big Twelve, you got to have both, or it's going to be rough. Yeah, it's the best conference league in basketball yeah. in America, and it's and obviously the, a lot of these guys who haven't played five. in the Big Twelve exactly are starting yeah. to figure that out. That is kind of what's funny, not funny, haha, but funny, ironic about this. We still don't have a complete roster that no. we expected with Jesse being out. Uh, something I do want to mention real quick, Ryan, I'd love to get your take on this too, is obviously watching those big 12 officials last night, caught a little bit of that Baylor BYU game. To me, it seems like basketball is that one sport where officiating is the most inconsistent. <laughs> There've been a couple storylines. The NBA is the worst at it. At least it's not NBA level, which we saw with the Celtics, uh, Pacers game a couple days ago where Joe Missoula, uh, got robbed in, in one of those games or that, uh, Lakers game. I think it was last night as well. But why, I mean, for, like we talked about earlier in the episode, you've been on kind of on the coaching side of things, Ryan. It's why is there just so many inconsistencies in officiating in college basketball? Is, is it really that like the crowd, they get really involved in the crowd? It's, it's just, I mean, when, when Josh kind of like just slammed the, the podium and the things went flying, he kind of turned over and did it in a private moment. And that one ref just comes up to him and looks like he's trying to antagonize him to get a technical. And while, if it was later on in the game, I would have been okay if Josh got a technical there to kind of get fired up and stuff. It was in a position we were still, you know, within reach of the game and you don't want him shooting foul shots and getting the ball back. But it's like the ref went over to Josh looking to pick a fight. It's like, dude, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, so back to Tim's comment. That, that's another reason I, I got out too. I got tired of these referees. Just kidding. Uh they have big egos. They, their egos are way too big. They're not. They think they are the game. Unfortunately, I hate. I hate them. I, I'm not gonna lie. They get paid really, really well. They have big egos, and they're not really held accountable. They just continue to get game after game after game, and make a lot of money doing it. So it is what it is. There's there's not a lot of referees out there too. So they're really they kind of got every uh, everybody held hostage because they're they're gonna continue to get games. Yeah. Yeah, geez. I, they, I they feel needed, you know. It's just it's it's just funny because and I'm not comparing obviously myself to being a college division one big twelve referee, but I I used to umpire softball and you know I've done divisional games in high school and like games that mean a lot. My goal is like I don't want to be the focus. I don't want that pressure on me. I just want to call balls and strikes. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm gonna mess up from time to time, but like you just got to call it like you see it. And man, these guys like, it, it's just, uh, we don't need to go down this road. It's just, it's, it's, 
It's ridiculous. People realize how much money they got paid. They would yell at them even more. It like they get paid so well. And if you know a referee, ask them. I mean, I don't want to give out their salary on here, but they get paid very, very well. And they do five games tonight. And another thing, Rush, why they're so cranky and, and why they're always in a bad d- damn mood is they might be in like, for example, I think we were playing Pitt that night. The referee that was awful. He was in Charlottesville on Tuesday night, and then he did a game in California Wednesday night. Then he's back in Morgantown for the backyard brawl on Thursday night or whatever it was. It was a back-to-back-to-back where he went Charlottesville, California, back to Morgantown, and he's from uh, he's from Kentucky or Tennessee. I forget his name. So, I mean, you, you can actually understand why he might be in a little bit of a bad mood, but you still have a job to do. But, yeah, they, they, they travel and do way too many games and get paid too well. Are they so? Does the Big Twelve have their own officials, or are they? Yeah. Yep. Okay, they got their but own but non-con pr- play, they 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 bounce around. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. It's well, another reason to to have an overarching body like we talked about, and yeah. have you know the NCA a little more organized than this. And but anyway, I digress. Uh, switching topics here, Ryan. Um, West Virginia football, you know, asking you shall receive, right? Something we were talking about earlier this week and, and last week, right? Is now that we're going into this next season coming up is uh, especially with expectations, with probably being a little favorite, uh, favorite in some um, aspects. Obviously, we'll see how things play out a little more here is, you know, the idea that you need bulletin board material, right? Last year, we were ranked 14th. We didn't know a lot going on. Everyone wrote us off, uh, et cetera. So I found our first piece of bulletin board material, which was going around Twitter these past couple days is the coaches poll got it right. I think we ended up being 25th or, you know, the, the high twenties there, even Pat Narduzzi, the pit coach gave us a vote. So there hey, you go. That, there you go. The, we'll, we'll give a shout out to Pat on the show. Probably the first and only time we'll do that, but thank you, coach Narduzzi. We, we appreciate the, the vote of confidence. Obviously you played us this year and you know, you, you learned, you learned. So Anyway, uh, the AP poll, that's obviously media, and we talked about this. Obviously, the media, similar to officiating, similar to refs, uh, loves to not admit when they're wrong. And I think because we went into last season so, you know, underrated, you're going to finish 14th, you're not going to be really good, the whole team's going to leave, et cetera, et cetera. uh, Some of these media members still wanted to hold on to that. And we did not finish in the top 25 for for football this year i you know it it doesn't really matter i guess in the grand scheme of things because there'll be a whole new poll next year but dude like we were a nine win team that won a bowl game i get unc didn't have their full team etc you know whatever you want to say there but it's like you got to give us some credit i mean it use it as bulletin board material we talked about it we got to collect it collect it collect it because you're going to need some stuff next year even when you're the favorite and everyone in the world thinks you got to win you got to find that one element that hey they're against us and well i guess this is a good way to start ryan absolutely and you know who the best that of all time was it was nick saban and we'll talk about saban here in a minute because obviously that just dropped but alabama and now georgia with kirby smart always it was twisted find a way to convince it it's it's you against us you felt that with michigan who won the national championship on monday whether it was Harbaugh's suspension whether it was uh whatever it was with Michigan, they were always in the light, always in the spotlight. So they, they fueled off of that. And so, yeah, no, this is great. I'm glad that uh, we're not ranked. I, yeah, we don't that need to be ranked. We don't need to be ranked till next year. I actually don't even want us. Yeah. I don't want us to rank us to start the season. I want Penn state coming in here thinking it's going to be like last year. And, and 
bad things to to happen to them and us to show RV. the world. Hey, we're, yeah, we're receiving votes. <laughs> uh, RV, there you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, as we start to close out this episode, one more to talk about. Uh, West Virginia's own Nick Saban just announced shortly before this show that he's going to be retiring from Alabama. An opponent, West Virginia, actually has a home-and-home home series in 26-27, one that you probably now need to switch and get Pitt back into the mix. I think they should drop that. I also think they should drop the at Ohio game um, in 25, but that's conversation for another time. And uh, Ryan, Nick Saban, absolute legend, West Virginia native, what he did for, for football, the game of football, you know, Michigan state LSU, you know, now obviously at Alabama just absolutely transformed the game was a big part of it. Getting a little older now, maybe it's, you know, a little harder to deal with NIL transfer portal. Of course, college football now is going to the 12 teams. So if you don't finish in that top four, you got to win three games, which gets harder. Uh, what do you have to say about Nick Saban and his incredible career? Um, yeah. As coaching I, football. I, I, I love I love Saban. I, I I always liked watching his teams play. They always played with such discipline and 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 toughness. And you could tell that he he, he brought that West Virginia mentality. Whatever program he was at, uh, what he finished two ninety two and seventy one, two oh one and twenty nine. And what was it? 15, 16 years at Alabama, six national championships. He got one at LSU. Uh, he, he started in the MAC. Then he went to Michigan State. Absolute legend, best to ever do it. And uh, yeah, man, I, I was sad when I saw that come across because it won't be the same watching the, watching the tide when uh, without Nick Saban on the sideline. Yeah, he it, it won't be the same. And something, another storyline to think about, right? Brought up earlier that we're obviously playing Penn State to start the season next year. You know, James Franklin's name's being thrown around, has connections down there, of course, uh, as we know. Maybe you know, maybe maybe we start to get that perfect storm to upset uh, Penn State here uh, for for the first game of the season next year. But, hey, Coach Saban, can't thank you enough. Would have loved to seen you, uh, of course, Coach at West Virginia, are finished with a retirement job here. You never know how things, you know, may turn out. Never say never. A lot of, you know, those coaches, you can already get the feeling from Pete Carroll, who was fired earlier today, too, is they really have trouble sitting still. They get that itch, and they're kind of like, I need, I need to go out there and yell at, at someone for something. So you never know. I guess never say never, right? Uh, but everything he did from Fairmont, West Virginia. Thank you, Coach Saban. Love to have you on the show sometime. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe reach out if somehow, some way, uh, when things settle down uh, for a bit. But of course, thank you for all you did for the game of football. And uh, we yeah. love you and we appreciate you. And of course, we also love this audience and, and all that you do for us and all your support. We couldn't be here where we are without you guys. This does conclude another episode of the Ryan and Russia. We'll be back again later this week. Um, Couple announcements. Ryan and I are actually meeting up this weekend, finalizing a couple things. There should be some big announcements coming in the next week or so. I'm excited to make you all a part of that, um, and we'll we'll keep you updated there. So again, thank you for the support, everyone. Uh, don't forget to check us out on our Big Twelve show, the Big Twelve College Experience, uh, the more gambling side of things, where we like to pick all the games in the Big Twelve. We'll talk about the whole Big Twelve landscape. That we'll be back on that show Friday at four. And we'll either be back with the Ryan and Russia either tomorrow or Friday. We're still waiting to finalize our schedule there. But again, love you guys so much. Thank you for all that you do. And let's go Mountaineers. See you guys. Let's go Mountaineers.